Welcome to Not Quite Right. My name's Ed. And I'm Amanda. This is the fourth of a series of interviews that we recorded at the Words on the Waves Writers' Festival. This time, we spoke with Petronella McGovern, who's the author of several thrillers, the latest of which is called The Liars. We spoke to Petronella about her novel and her writing process and where she finds inspiration. What I found really interesting about talking to Petronella was how she starts with the twist when writing her thrillers. And I think that's a really interesting place to start. But also there's this real feminist theme that is woven into her story. She was talking about the Me Too movement and the marches in Australia for women and how all of these things played into her writing, particularly around the time when she was writing, you know, through the pandemic and how these big themes found their way into her book and how writing it was sort of like therapy. I also found it really interesting hearing what it was like to write subsequent books, you know, after your debut, backing yourself, you know, following that up with something else. And it was really interesting to hear her perspective on how to do that. Well, Petronella, lovely to meet you. So we're here at Words on the Waves Festival. Um, Can you tell us a bit about what brought you here? Um, I'm so excited to be on a panel on uh, The Thriller Instinct, which Mm -hmm. was very cool, which is uh, all crime writers. And I was talking about my latest book, The Liars, which is set in a town a bit like Yemina, where we are at Words on the Waves. Yeah, right. (laughs) So what makes it similar? Is it a coastal town? Yeah, so it's a coastal seaside town that's bouncing back after the pandemic and bushfires and floods, and it relies on tourism. And also there's lots of liars there. Is there that right? the idea? Or? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what am I saying about you, Mina? <laughs> yes, there's mm-hmm. a historical aspect about the town. But, mm-hmm. um, it's built on lies. Right, I see. So that's an interesting mm-hmm. theme that I think we've seen here from a couple of the authors, just looking yeah. into the historical origins of things that maybe yeah. hasn't been explored fully. Yeah. Um, but it's a thriller. It's a thriller, yes. Yeah? Uh, so what draws you to writing thrillers? Um, I think I'm interested in, well, I think for me, being immersed in a book is so important. And I think for me, in busy times, I, I read all sorts of books, but I think when you're busy, there's so much going on, kids work, et cetera. To me, a thriller grabs me, takes me in, takes me out of real life. And I think I'm, I'm looking for that to read. So I like writing that, reading that. And I love twists and I love, um, I love looking at human nature. And are you a local or is that a kind of place that you grew up in or that you live in? Or? Well, no, I grew up in Bathurst in a country town, but um, I'm really interested in community and I would see that all my books are all about how a community works and who you can trust in a community and who is behaving badly in right, a community. You can't trust. Right. Yes. So what, I guess, inspired you to start this book in particular? Was it one idea that you ran with or well, there's sort of three different ideas and really there's three three different modes of inspiration and I guess that comes through in the three different storylines. And But one of them was my daughter turned 15 and said, oh, can I go to a beach party? And Ooh. I suddenly remembered those beach parties from when I was 15. <laughs> and so I was interested in writing a story about something that happened to a mother at 15 and now her daughter was 15. Mm. And so she was overprotective and desperate not to, not to let the same things happen. Mm. And when I first started writing, it was going to be a different trajectory and, and things were going to be different. And then it was just the sort of start of that pandemic year and we had suddenly all the headlines about, um, you know, Brittany Higgins in Parliament House and all that sort of stuff going on and we were mm. marching for justice again. So then it felt like not that much had changed since mm. I was 15. Mm. Interesting. So did you find that time challenging? 
seems like you're speaking from a place of past experience, perhaps a bit of trauma. Did you find this time challenging for yourself? Well, and, and I think that's the thing. Originally, I was thinking things had changed and, and, and they have changed to some degree. So the teenager in my book is a very outspoken girl. She's a bit of an activist, mm-hmm. uh, social and climate. She's a bit Greta Thunberg. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's wonderful that teenagers are, they're that passionate. And is your daughter? No, it's not, no. it's not based on my daughter. Well, she is outspoken. <laughs> mostly, mostly to you, not, yeah, to, mostly not to the government. Okay. Yeah. But I think I was interested in that. But then also this sense, you know, when we marched, when we were doing the March for Women, there were seven-year-old women with signs saying, why am I still marching? Mm. Yes, when are we going to get to the next step? But I think it's interesting that you can talk about some of these themes in fiction because I do think that in art we really do reflect back, you know, what's happening in society and give an opportunity to open some of those discussions and challenge some ideas. and it can be a bit of a political act in itself, producing, you know, art that yeah. has these things as yeah. the theme. And I think it. for me with that pandemic time, so at first I couldn't write because, you know, with thrillers and psychological suspense, what we're trying to do is put someone in the worst possible position mm-hmm. and suddenly we're all in the worst possible mm-hmm. position. Yeah. But I did, then I finally got back into it. But then so we had the women's, all the women's things, then we had um, Black Lives Matter mm. and and obviously climate change and all these huge global concerns. And I kind of took all those and then put it into a small town community on the mid-north coast of New South Wales yeah. and looked at it at a community level, individual level yeah. and a family level. Sounds a bit therapeutic. <laughs> Let them have the problems for a while. I'm not, sure I, I'm not sure I found all the answers for like, you know, world peace. Yeah, yeah, and just, you know, let the bad guy have it, you know. No, it sounds great. So do you find when you're writing that certain things come to you first, like character comes to you first or setting? Like what is it that sort of draws you in as a writer into your work? Yeah, it's. I find that a really hard question because often to me the character and the, the twist, to me, I'm always interested in the twist. What's what's going to happen in the story that kind of upends people's readers' expectations? Mm. So to me, it's character, story, and twist, but also setting because where could this story happen that would suit it the best? So mm. it's I, there's no one Just thing. a big old pot. Yeah. To throw everything in. <laughs> we were talking to Ashley earlier and she was saying that for her book, Dark Mode, that really probably what was central to her when she was studying was that twist. Yeah. So do you find you need to have the twist in mind before you get going or is this something that emerges? Yes. No, I need the twist. Yeah. You need the so twist? the liars, I always knew what the, the big twist was, mm-hmm. but then there were sort of a lot of subplots that yeah. I, I didn't, and so they, and they often, they, they changed. Mm-hmm. They evolved and then they changed in the editing process, And but the main, the big main twist um, mm-hmm. did not, yeah. So. so you've written a few books now. How many have you? Yeah, so I've, I've got three books. So three? Six Minutes, The Good Teacher and The Liars. And so how have you found that your process has changed over that time? Did you find it difficult to back up after your first one or was that one you'd already written had in your back pocket? Well, does it get easier is what you're asking? Yeah, does it get easier? <laughs> um, I think it gets easier once you have a, like with the publishing deal, certainly then I had that confidence that, yes, I can write. And so I think I stopped worrying like at the the real sentence level, is it every single sentence working? Then I was like, okay, are the characters working, mm. are the story working? And I can come back to editing the sentence. But That's right. So a bit more the, yeah, um, bigger picture bigger thinking. thinking. Yeah. Right. Okay, interesting. Uh, but then I think then my last, the book I'm working on now, I've had this huge structural edit. 
So I think for me, the fun part is writing the first draft. Yes. And, I don't and then like, it becomes a little painful yeah, after that. <laughs> and then you're like, what have I actually written and how does it link together? And then the editor comes back with, oh, dear, this really isn't working quite like you like oh, it. Yeah. So for me, I think um, I'm doing a lot more editing. But I guess the first book you write, you edit so much before you send into a publisher. Right. So Yeah, and it's more polished yeah. when you go in. Yeah. And you've already had plenty of feedback probably at yeah. that point from others. Have you been working with the same editor throughout? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And do you find that that's helpful? You're talking about a big structural editor. Yeah. Do you think in hindsight you will go back and agree that it was a great idea? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I trust. And they always say, you know, if you don't, if you don't agree, it's your choice. Mm. But often you you put a book in and you know, oh, this bit isn't quite working, mm. but I don't know how to fix it. <laughs> and then when the editor comes back and says, this bit isn't working. Then you resent them and it's their fault. <laughs> <laughs> and you go, oops, I knew that bit wasn't working. Um, and I think it is fascinating also when you start editing, sometimes you see these connections that you didn't see before and you can mm. suddenly weave things in. Mm. That bit of different perspective yeah. on what connects and yeah. what works together. Mm. Yeah, it's sure. really fascinating. So, what kind of time frame do you work under for your? Uh, well, so and I think that comes back to it does it get easier? So, six minutes. I so I joke should be called six years because that was. <laughs> and then the good teacher, I think I wrote in a year and a half. Okay. And then the liars, I guess, was about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And the new book was. Probably a year, but now I'm edit- editing a lot. Mm. I'm in the editing phase. That sounds like a pretty normal yeah. time yeah. frame. I think yeah. six years for your first is a, is a good effort. <laughs> I'm not even mentioning the one in the the one in the drawer that was ten oh, years. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. All right, now we hear the truth. Okay, <laughs> not in the drawer. Yeah. Do you think it'll ever see the light of day? Um, it's so funny. It's so nearly got published so many times. Really? And I think I was working full time, and I'd had you know mm. I was in the baby phase, and I mm. just. I think if I just pushed a bit harder or got to the next point, but yeah, I know I could use the characters. The storyline's a bit um, too a bit beneath you now. <laughs> <laughs> not not to, not enough twists. I need more subplots. Right. It's a okay. bit too straightforward. <laughs> maybe just maybe just uh, chop it up and see yeah. what happens. It'd be hard to reconnect with something that you wrote so long ago as well. And well, I gave it to my writers group, and they said. This isn't real. A 30-year-old can't buy a, a flat. Yeah, yeah, that's a time <laughs> change. That's a historical fiction. Exactly. <laughs> you call it fantasy. <laughs> yes. Utopian fantasy. Yeah. Well, it was lovely to meet you and to talk to you. I uh, wish you all the best for your thriller panel later on today. Thank you. What a pleasure. And it's so lovely to be up here on the Central Coast. Love it. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Not Quite Right. If you'd like to reach us via email or follow us on social media, you can find all the links on our website, notquiterightpodcast.com. That's W-R-I-T-E. And if you enjoyed the show, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcasting app. Something doesn't seem quite right.